Thank you for listening to the Grace Harvest Church podcast. For more information, go to graceharvestchurch.org. I'm going to take a quick moment and introduce our special guest. Uh, we started working in a partnership in the Philippines all the way back in 1998. And we got involved in doing uh, conferences with pastors and leaders, seminars, speaking in churches, supporting a children's home, and uh, including a couple of different church networks that we began to interface with. And over the years, we've seen incredible fruit come out of those relationships. And uh, the thing that's been best of all of it is we've developed deep, deep friendships. We decided years ago when we got involved in missions work, we didn't just want to send checks we wanted to send our hearts and get involved, heart and soul and body, and get into long-term relationships. And so one of the young men that I came into contact with, in fact, I think Josh was 17 or so, the first time I went to the Philippines in 1998, uh, is Joshua Mayim. And Josh is a leader of a great church. He's involved in a network of churches. He's a leader in their city and region with young pastors, youth pastors. He's an incredible worship leader. Uh, one of these times he's here, I hope he can lead us in some worship. That would be really great as well. And, uh, and, he's, uh, and he's got, I'm telling you, the word he's got for us is a word in season. You're going to be really challenged, encouraged, built up. So would you put your hands together and welcome Joshua Mayim. Come on up, Josh. Oh yeah, I forgot to say, he's a dad of three and happily married man, right? He's got a great wife and family, so bless you, bro. Let's pray for him real quick. Come on, let's pray. Father, thank you for Josh, and thank you for the word that you've given him for us today. Pray that you would be with his mouth and his mind, that the two would connect well, you'd be with his heart, and that you would move him by your spirit. If there's anything you want to do to edit or enhance what he's sharing, Holy Spirit, just bring that up and speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, and show us how we are to respond to what we hear. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Go for it, my friends. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I'm happy to be here, and uh, it's a very short visit, but I'm always excited to come back and connect with family here. And uh, um, Pastor Doug, Pastor Raul, uh, Peggy, and Candice, and Pastor Drew as well. Pastor Noah is not here, but uh, would you give it a round of applause for all your pastors here in the house this morning? These are legit men and women of God that you have here in your house. They're awesome people and always, you know, show me great love and, and um, take care of me. And, and I just see God so much in their lives and in their families. And I, I really appreciate the friendship and, and the relationship that we have. So, um, oh yeah, before I go anywhere, I, I want to, to give out an invitation. If ever you come to the Philippines and even if you don't, you might want to pray about coming. And if you do, you would love it in Baguio. That's where we are. We live in Baguio. The church is just a few kilometers away down in the valley. But Baguio is the place to go when you're in the Philippines. For reals, right? So if the guys that have come over in mission tell you otherwise, that's probably another place. Okay, another place that, where it's hot. In Baguio, it's cool. We're a tropical island, obviously, but it's cool. It, the, the breeze is always, it's, it's a good place. So yeah, if you want to come, and you should, uh, come over and we, we got you, and you'll be a blessing to us there. Amen. Shall we bow our heads as we pray this morning? Father, we thank you for the, your, your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for all that you are 
wanting and desiring to accomplish in our lives and we are here as your people we're saying yes to you lord god we want to allow you oh god to move oh lord jesus in our lives in our families speak to us as only you can oh god lord we open up our hearts as much as we can this morning give us oh god a hearing ear give us eyes to see oh god all that you want lord and have for us that we would not miss out on anything oh lord but we would be sensitive to your presence and to your voice my God, would you come? Would you come and touch us, Lord? Come in Jesus' name. And this is our prayer in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. So, um, I want to talk to you this morning about supernatural momentum. Somebody say, Supernatural. And someone say, Momentum. Momentum. Amen. So, supernatural, as the dictionary describes it, is this. It, uh, it, it, it is a manifestation or an event attributed to some force beyond understanding or the of the laws of nature it is of or relating to an order of existence beyond the visible observable universe especially of or relating to god or a god demigod spirit or devil now in the philippines because we come from a background of a, a, a culture of paganist uh, paganism and you know just really spirituality uh, many times when we when we say supernatural the, the first thing that comes to everybody's mind is like you know spirits moving on like, you know but that's not supernatural you know that's not all that is supernatural and, and i love how even the the dictionary tells us that it is something that is related to something that we it, that is of the you know the spiritual and especially with the lord with god right so supernatural is really anything outside the laws of nature or science when we talk about supernatural, we would say faith is supernatural. Why? Because the Bible says it is the evidence of things that we have not yet seen or we do not see, right? And then Jesus says, I come to give you peace, right? Peace that the world cannot understand. So that's supernatural, right? And so many of the things that we have in terms of and we believe in is really of the supernatural nature simply because we cannot quantify it. We cannot put a measure to it, right? So momentum, on the other hand, momentum is the force or the strength of movement. Let me say that again. The force or the strength of movement. It is not just speed, but it is powerful speed. It is not just motion or movement, but it is purposeful. You're going somewhere. You're doing something that is important, right? I love the other definition of momentum. It goes like this. Accumulated speed and power due to constant motion. Accumulated speed and power due to constant motion. That's a natural definition. But I would go for, go even, you know, to saying uh, that our, our, as we move towards God, as we are in motion and moving towards the Lord, what is happening? We're accumulating strength for ourselves. We're accumulating love for ourselves. Are you there? You know, and, 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 and so it's so important to understand that we need to be a people on the move. That God has created us for movement. That we cannot be stuck where we are. We cannot be stuck in our comfort zones. It's so easy to do that. It's so easy to just sit down where we are and say, God, you know where I live. You know what to do with me. Just, you know, whatever. Right? I'm here. I'm ready when you are. It's not always like that. We need to be those who are pursuing God. Amen. We are supposed to be those who are in anticipation of the things that he wants to accomplish in our lives. 
Momentum is important because God has created us for movement. God has created us for growth. Amen? Even the Holy Spirit, the, the, the different symbols in the nature of the Holy Spirit is fire, water. Right? You look at all these things, they're not, they're not ever stagnant. You know, when the, the, the best thing to know when, uh, when something is alive is if it's moving, right? right? If something is, is dead, you know that it's dead because it's not moving, you know? And even with, with, with so many things in, in nature, when something is stagnant, it becomes a breeding ground for diseases, you know? And we cannot be like that. Our hearts cannot be stagnant. Why? Because it becomes, you know, a place where bad things start to grow, right? And so we have to be watchful and be, be aware of these things that are happening in our lives. Here's an illustration for us on just the power of momentum. A train going 50 miles per hour, right? A locomotive, as soon as it hits that 50 miles per hour mark, you can put, according to a study, you can put a five feet reinforced steel wall in front of it and it will just go through it like it was paper that's how strong you know that's that's the power of momentum right there that even if it was still reinforced as soon as soon as it hits that 50 mile mark it will just go th right through it right but you take that same train in the yard and put a one inch block right in front of you know you just you know, wedge it in between that. And no matter what you do with it, burn all the coal or, you know, make the horn as loud as you can, it's not going to move. It's not going to move. Which tells us that it's never the size of your problem that's the issue. You know? Why? Because even the smallest and the littlest of things can prevent us from moving forward. Even the smallest things. You know, Jesus talks about the, the faith the size of a mustard seed. And, and so many times we're mountain-moving, faith kind of people. And yet, we look at the small things that in our hearts and in our lives, and these are actually the things that derail us. These are the things that, you know, cause us to, to be hindered in our walk, cause us to stop, stop right, right where we are instead of us moving forward with the Lord. So we need to be watchful, right? What are the things? What are the small things that we would see, right? What are small things that can stop us from taking steps forward? There's a story of a guy who walked all across the Americas, walked through all the terrain and all the states in all of the seasons, and he set a, a record of some sort as he was walking through Right, all of the all of all of the U.S. and I don't know how long it. I don't remember how long it took, but uh, nobody ever knew what he was doing until people started to to get to get uh, you know to to know what he was what that what, that he was walking across the U.S. and so as he was coming to the end of his journey and as he was going to bring this this whole walking around to a completion, there were a lot of reporters gathered where he was gonna end up. And uh, he, he was never a man who was, you know, used to all this attention. So the reporters come, and one of the questions for him was, what was it that bothered you the most? What was it that hindered you, like he limited you the most as you were walking through all of these, you know, all of the, the terrain and all of the Americas? And, 
And uh, he was in pause for a moment. And so the reporters were sort of leading him on with an answer. And they said, uh, was it the cold, right? Was it the cold temperature? Was it the snow that was blowing against you? Was it the heat, you know, maybe? And, and he, he pauses and he answers and he, and he says this. He says, it was the sand that got stuck between my toes, right? It was the sand that got stuck between my toes. And so it's, it's really the little things that can stop us, that can hinder us from moving forward. We need to be mindful of our own hearts on what these small things are. Because the truth is this, although the devil is a roaring, like a roaring lion and he is cunning and he is, you know, I'll say intelligent, the truth is whatever works, he's going to keep using it against us, right? So if, it, if something so small works against you, He's just going to keep using that over and over. So what do we do? We teach our hearts to be stronger against those things. We teach our hearts to be stronger against those small, minute, detail things in our lives. If we don't, I mean, it's gonna, we're giving the devil easy work. We're giving the enemy easy work against us. Right? So, momentum is movement, but with the right direction. Momentum is movement, but with the right direction. It is the movement that is directed towards God. It is purposeful. It has, you know, you're accomplishing something. When we were kids, my grandma just lived right across. It was another, another house right beside us. And when we were kids, and my cousins, especially when my cousins would come, we would go, and, and she had a rocking chair right in front of her door. And we would sit on that rocking chair and just rock it until it got destroyed, right? And, and my grandfather would come, and he would fix that rocking chair. And after that, after it got fixed, we would go and do it again and break it again, right? And many times we can be we can sort of convince ourselves that any movement is good. Well, that rocking chair will tell us that, you know, you can have all the movement in the world, but if you're not going anywhere, nothing is, nothing is happening in your life. So we have to be mindful that motion and our movement is going towards, headed towards the Lord. Amen? Second Thessalonians 1 verse 3 to 5. And it's probably going to be um, the... Our, our, the, the, the text I'm using this morning um, with the time that we have. Second Thessalonians 1 verse 3 to 5. Dear brothers and sisters, we can't help but thank God for you because your faith is flourishing and your love for one another is growing. Verse 4, we proudly tell God's other churches about your endurance and faithfulness in all the persecutions and hardships you are suffering. And God will use this persecution to show his justice and to make you worthy of his kingdom for which you are suffering. Let me read from the message paraphrase. It says this, You need to know, friends, that thanking God over and over for you is not only a pleasure, it's a must. We have to do it. Your faith is growing phenomenally. Your love for each other is developing wonderfully. I love the adjectives. Why, it's only right that we give thanks. We're so proud of you. You're so steady and determined in your faith despite all the hard times that have come down on you. We tell everyone we meet in the churches all about you. All this trouble is a clear sign that God has decided to make you fit for the kingdom you're suffering now. 
you know, we go through life and we go through trials, we go through challenges, you know. We don't, I don't know if you go through persecution, maybe some of us, but really mainly it's, it's you know, the, the trials and the, and the challenges with, that we meet. And, and many times we, we think that these challenges are meant to slow us down, that they were there put on our path to hinder us. But we look at the word and we see what it says. It says, Paul is addressing the, Th- the Thessalonian church and he's saying, no, these challenges, these problems, these trials that are going through are not meant to hinder you as you think, but meant to push you forward with the Lord. Isn't that the exact opposite of how we see trials sometimes and tribulations, persecutions, right? And he, he just applauds the, the, the Thessalonian church. I, I shared this joke this, this morning. And, uh, and uh, the devil, there's a story of the devil sitting on, on the side and he was crying. The devil was crying and Jesus is walking and he sees the devil crying. And, and he says, uh, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? What has happened? Right? And there's, there's a slight smile on the, on the face of Jesus. And the devil looks up at Jesus and says, oh, it's your sons, it's your children. And, you know, of course, Jesus smiles even more and, and is curious what, what, what's, what's happening here, right? And says, oh, what have they done, right? What have they done to you? And the devil, still crying, says, oh, they blame me for everything. <laughs> Think about that. You know, it's the devil. Well, it's not always the devil, you know. You know, it's the decisions that we make sometimes. But... We need momentum. We are a people created for movement. You know, even in the natural, I remember this, even in the natural, you know, your eyes look forward. Your face and your body is designed to move forward. Or else God would have created your feet to sort of skewer to the side a little bit, you know. But no, right? We're front-facing, front-moving people. So I want to talk to you about this. I want to talk about momentum breakers and momentum makers. What are the things that would hinder us, that would stop us, so that we would be mindful of these things, so that we would watch ourselves, so that we would even guard our own hearts, that we do not fall into these things. Instead, receive the momentum that comes from the Lord so that we would continue moving forward with Him. Amen? The first one is this, momentum makers versus momentum breakers. The first one is double-mindedness versus focus. Double-mindedness, momentum breaker, focus, momentum maker, right? Momentum is drained by shooting at nothing or attempting everything. Double-mindedness depletes our energy. It's a leak in our tank. As we are going on in our journey, because we are looking at so many things, what happens? We lose strength. We lose energy. Right? There's this cartoon that I, I used to love. I'm more of a Tom and Jerry guy. But, uh, you know, Snoopy is something I enjoy as well. But, um, I don't know why I said that. Anyway, um, uh, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown has his bow and his arrow. And he, you know, pulls back on his bow and aims for the fence, hits the fence. Right? And once he hits the fence, puts down his bow and his arrow, gets his marker, goes over to the fence, and draws a bull's eye right over where the arrow has hit. Nice, right? Goes back, gets another arrow, shoots it again, 
goes over and draws over where the arrow has hit. So over this time now, there's a lot of bullseye that has been hit. And, 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 and we have Lucy, who's always the killjoy. We call her KJ, right? People who kill your joy, you know people like that? Yeah, no, you don't know people like that, right? But Lucy is looking at this and saying, what are you doing? That's not the way to do it, right? But let me tell you, that's exactly how we lose our momentum, when we're trying to do so many things, when we're trying to hit so many things and actually hitting nothing, right? Uh, there's a term that's um, jack of all trades, master of nothing, right? We do not want to be like that in the kingdom. No. You know, we're even describing the word as the body and each specific part has its own role and responsibility. It's exactly that's who, that's who we are. That's what God desires of us. And we have a purpose, we tap somebody, tap somebody on the shoulder and say, you have a purpose. Right? So, we cannot do so many things and, accomplish to, and, and, and seek to accomplish everything. You know? No. The, the, the true meaning of focus is not you know, having so many things in sight. It's to subtract so that you can focus on just a few things. Let me say that God is a supernatural God, but He is also a practical God. He's a very practical God. He does not give you something that takes up all your time and your energy and what happens after. You're burned out and you have nothing else to give. That's not God. That's not from Him. That's not how He works. Right? He might give you one thing. Just one thing. Right? And you're called to do it to the best and the excellence of your ability. That's focus. And that's what God desires from us. The things that God speaks and reveals to you is not going to require impossibility from you. Why? Because His grace is sufficient. Right? It's not for us to be striving and working and toiling all on the things that He has for us. So many times we're just called to be children. It's Lord, you know. And, and he just puts it simply because we've surrendered. We've surrendered our will. We've surrendered our striving. Amen? So, when you lack focus, you will always lose momentum because you will end up running after everything. Double-mindedness and disobedience are close brothers. I don't know if you see it that way, but it's true. Because so many times you're thinking about, should I do this? You know, double-mindedness. Should I do that? Should I, what about this one? What about that one? And, and what ends up happening is you're spending so much energy and time wasting that you don't actually do what is actually needed to be done. Right? The time you spend thinking about it is the time you spend disobeying. Right? So, what do we need to do? We need clarity. We need focus. We need God to lead us because it's so easy for us to lose our way, whether you admit to that or not. It is. It's so easy for us to be pulled to the left and to the right. So many distractions for us in our world. You know, fathers, mothers, you know. The second one is this the past versus the future. The past versus the future. Are you living in the past? Or are you living for the future? Where are you? Are you living in yesterday or are you living for tomorrow? Momentum is developed by 
pointing to a better day ahead. It's a picture. It's an image that you have in your heart that God has put there. And you're running after that. You're pursuing that. That's momentum. But momentum is broken up when we keep looking back at what might have been. We keep, we keep looking back and we keep saying, if only that had not, not happened, had not happened to me. If only this and that. If only my father and my mother was, you know, and all of these things. And I understand those things can be traumatic, but I love how the Bible says, God makes all things new. He's not limited by some things that have happened in our past. That he can give us something today that points us forward to something better, even better, so much better. Amen? You have to check your conversation. How is your vocabulary? Those are the easiest ways to check where you are living. If your vocabulary is, oh, I remember before, you know, back in the day, right? Once upon a time, you know that, right? Every fairy tale story that happens. And we get caught up in the past. Drivers, you know this. If you're, when you're driving, you have this wide windshield right in front of you and you have just a small mirror that's for you to see what is happening behind you, right? Try driving with your rear view mirror and see where that gets you. It's common sense, right? And yet so many of us, we're moving forward, but our eyes are... Right? Where are we headed? For a crash. I would say this warning, especially to fathers and mothers. You have people who are right there in the car with you. You have your kids on the journey. You have people you have influence over. Where are you taking them? Where are you headed? Are you driving towards God's future for you and your family? Or you're so, get, you're so caught up in your, in your past, you're driving with the rearview mirror, you're headed for some, somewhere else. It's dangerous. So, yeah, don't get me wrong. You know, the past is important. You learn so many things from it, but that's not where we look. And that it's not where we are depending. Amen? If you want to be a momentum maker, not just for yourself, but also for your family, focus on the future. Forget the past. Don't waste it. Learn from it. But move forward. Amen? It's better to construct the future than to varnish the past. Let me say that again. It's better to construct the future than to varnish the past. In the Philippines, there's a lot of clamor now, and there's a growing um, interest in antiques, right, and, and vintage stuff. And, and many times, you know, you have this, this vintage furniture or antique furniture, and, and they, they, you know, they, they try to put that wood stain on it, they have, they, you know, to make it look as, as appealing as possible. But in truth, that, that furniture is probably all rotten inside, Right? And many times we're like that with what's happened in our past. We try to make it look good. When actually it's just broken, it's dead. And we have to let it go. Watch our, we need to watch ourselves and watch our hearts with things like this. Amen? The third one. Let me move forward here. Sorry, Pastor Doug. Individual versus team. Or individual, a momentum breaker versus community. And you've probably heard this before, I'm sure, I'm certain. Momentum is developed when everyone pulls together 
And momentum is drained when everyone pulls apart. Think about your own family. You know, I'm not just talking about family. I'm talking about church. I'm talking about a community that you build. I'm talking about people you choose to surround yourselves with. Right? There's an old um, African proverb, I think. If you want to go fast, walk alone. If you want to go further, walk with others. So, my question is, who are those alongside you right now who are influential to you? That when they speak, you listen and, and they help you determine where you go. They help you decide, you know, which paths to take, you know. So many times people would ask, why do you like that, that person? Why do you like them? Right? Because they make me laugh, you know. And many times we just want that. We just want the, the happiness, but we don't want, you know, clarity and we don't want direction I want to ask you who are those in your corner do you have mature God loving God fearing people around you and the truth is we need people not just who, not just people who will encourage us not just people who will build us up but we need a people a person a people that we give permission to who can get up right in our face to say you're doing something wrong when we are going wrong, in the wrong place. When we are making the wrong decisions. We need that, people, that kind of person. We need to give permission to people to come right there in front of us and say, Man, look at what you're doing right now. Hello. And we cannot be picky with correction. We cannot be choosy with discipline. If we, if, if we do, you know, what happens is we, we, still, we will still continue to choose what we want. We will still continue to choose, well, you know, whatever we desire. And usually that, that goes in the wrong places. So, do you have people who can correct you without apology? It's important to have that, those kinds of people. It's important to have people who have, can speak, you know, just with that authority over your life. Your pastors, your leaders, your friends. I, I remember this huge, huge ministry and church before. And you probably know who they are. But it was just a phenomenon in terms of its growth, right? It, it, it just exploded and there were so many people that were involved, so many leaders. It was, there was a harvest that was going on. People were coming to the Lord. But what happened was it broke up and it crumbled as, almost as fast as it went up. Right, and in, in the in the aftermath of all of these things, as they were interviewing the leaders, one of the, the 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 leaders that they interviewed, who was right there in it while it was happening and while it all fall into into nothing, basically, they the the Christian magazine said, "What are the things that you would attribute it to? How? Why did it fall? Why did it fail? You know, when it was doing so much and they were reaching so many people, right? And the leader said this." I think one of the things is that I, he, he said, I, I pulled my punches. I thought that I loved them so much that I pulled my punches, right? You know, so many times I think we think we're loving people by not speaking truth when actually we're not, in, we're not helping them at all and they're headed in destruction. They're headed to the wrong places just because... We said, no, I, I don't want to cause conflict. I don't want to rock the boat, you know. It's so important to be courageous as well for others. 
So, sometimes our, our greatest enemies is just not being our honest, you know, with, with others. The last one is this. The last one is this. A critical attitude versus a constructive attitude. A critical attitude versus a constructive attitude. Are you tearing down or building up? Right? And many times it's easy to spot people who are critical. Many times it's easy to spot people who just come up with all the problems but zero solutions. You know, this is wrong with you, this is wrong, you can do this better, blah, 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 blah. And then, and, and after all of that, after they've destroyed your, your self-esteem, right? What do they do afterwards? Nothing. They just leave you with the problem, right? But not just with that, but we also have to be careful with our own hearts again. Because many times, the, the greatest issue with us is, is not people or anything outside of us, but it's our own self-sabotaging ways, we kick ourselves too much. We're already down. We're still kicking ourselves. We're already broken. We still can't forgive ourselves. Right? The right mental and emotional attitude separates those who are able to go far and those who will eventually get stuck in their own selves. Get stuck in their own thoughts. That's what separates winners and losers. The right mental and emotional attitude, right? You will never get to where you're going if you have to stop at every dog that barks at you. That's a Filipino adage. I tried to, you know, I tried to translate it as much as I could. You will never get to where you're going if you have to entertain every, uh, every dog that starts to bark at you, right? Hello. Yeah? Is that good? You know, Spiritual momentum, and I bring this to a close now because I'm looking at the time. God starts it, and whatever God starts, He finishes. Whatever God starts in your life, He finishes. And He's a God who wants to keep us moving. He's a God who wants to keep us growing in Him. Amen? Second, Second Thessalonians, that verse that we read, you know, one of the things that I love about it, Paul says... That we have looked at how your love has grown, right? And you have, you, have, you have even served even more. One of the things that you know that you have momentum and that you're growing is, is actually easy. is to look back at where you have come from and see, you know, compare yourself with the old you and the new you and say, am I able to love more now compared to before? Can I serve more now than before? Can I be sacrificial for other people? Can I get out, go out of my way just to show people His love? Right? It's easy to see if we've gained momentum in our past or we got stuck where we are because we were, you know, we were comfortable right where we got stuck to. We settled. We settled where we stopped. So, God desires for us to be a people who are on the move. And I want to tell you this this morning. So many times when we go through our life 
and, and, and we go through failure, we go through disappointment, if it was linear, we would look at our past and say, these are the, the things that happen. And many times our landmarks are not victories, our landmarks are failures. I failed here, I fell there, I got broken here, I got hindered there, right? And, and, and many times we can look at that and, and forget, just forget about this, this loving Father that we have. And, and we look at it and we say, oh, I don't think God will ever be, you know, I don't think I'll, be ever, I'll ever be good enough for, for what God wants to do in my life. And we don't move forward because all we're seeing are our failures. Let me tell you this, in His great love and immeasurable wisdom, he has factored in every failure, every defeat, every breaking down and losing out in our lives. And through all of it, He's standing right there saying, keep moving. Keep moving, my son, my daughter. Keep going, right? Many times we're just there unable to forgive ourselves. Many times we're there saying, I can't go back through all of that again. And yet all of the time, all of those times, God was just, your father was just waiting, you know, as he was waiting for the prodigal son, just looking forward and just saying, come back, come back, come back, right? Come back. See, we need to understand that we have a loving father, a merciful God, so gracious, so loving. It doesn't matter the things that we've gone through. It doesn't matter the things that are going on in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives sometimes, the battles and the struggles that are there. What's important is that we look to Him. We see Him, that He's this hand, this, this gentle hand that has been guiding us all along, all through those things, all through the darkness, all through the, those failures. He was that hand leading us on forward, you know? And He was... He was keeping with us. He was keeping up with our pace. If we were walking faster, He would walk faster. He'd still be walking ahead. If, if we would run, He would run with us. Right? If we fell, He would be that hand that lifts us up. Would you stand with me? supernatural momentum is this the ability to go in the strength that you do not have the ability to go in the strength that you do not have I want to speak to you this morning God's not looking for strength out of you God's not looking for ability out of you He's just maybe this morning He's just looking for you to lift up your hand so that He can get it and pull you up raise you up move you forward Let's bow our heads this morning as we pray. Just a few moments here. I just want to cement whatever God has been speaking to you personally. Hear it from Him. Hear it from His voice. You're not here for the wisdom of man. You're not here for anyone's voice. You're here for His voice. So hear it from Him this morning. We look to you. You are our help. You are our salvation. You are our healer. 
You are the joy that we need for the journey. You are the grace that we need for our failures, for our brokenness, for our limitations. You know there are many, God. We know this when we look to you and we surrender to you. Your grace is sufficient. Your strength is made perfect in our weakness. That's who you are. You're this Father that we have who will never leave us nor forsake us. And we set our hearts and our eyes on you, God. Not on ourselves, not on the things around us. We want to keep moving with you. We want to stay in step with you. Don't let us lead, God. You lead us. You lead us. You lead us. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you and we exalt you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.